Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome everybody back to Producer Pull Up, episode number two. What's up, P-Phone? How you doing today, man? Yup, good, man. I'm V. And... Oh, yeah, P-Funk, man. <laughs> back for another episode. Back for another episode, man. How you feeling today, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? We're recording this uh, Monday. So fresh off of All Star Weekend, they they saying this was one of the legendary All Star Weekends. I kind of sort of agree, you know what I'm saying? The slam dunk contest was legendary. Um, the game was the game was dope. Had everybody on the edge of their seats and, and whatnot. You know man, what I'm I ain't even gonna lie to you. I ain't even get a chance to check it out, man. Yeah, see, you sleeping on? Like I said, bro, this shit was legendary. I was cooking up, man. YouTube. Was <laughs> I'm gonna check it out on YouTube, man. I'm, you know, I just wanted to get into, let's get into our intro segment, kind of talk about what we're going to talk about. All-Star game was exciting. I didn't get to see it, so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of jealous about that. <laughs> but you know, We got plenty of YouTube footage for you, brother. Okay. You know, but yeah, let's get into the topics, man. I know we're a, a music podcast, um, so let's dig into it. All right. So today I want to kind of talk to you about... Uh, sound more or less using real instruments that was something I was uh, I had a couple of producers mm -hmm. talk to me about was using real instrument instrumentation yeah. instrumentation in their uh, music how you feel about that yeah that goes a lot of ways you speaking on like making your own sounds on the spot or just picking out sounds that are more natural you know well I mean we could we could touch on both ends, yeah. both aspects about it. I mean, you know, there's always I'm gonna do in my air quotes our yeah. producer purists. Yeah, you know yeah. those guys who uh, mm -hmm. some people don't feel you a producer unless you play an instrument. Mm -hmm. Do you play any instruments, P-Funk? I'm not a professional at any instrument, man. I have a little bit of saxophone uh, experience, man. You, you might see me, you know, blowing the sax. One of these days, but you know, no formal, no professional training or nothing like that. So well, when it comes to you know using, uh, you said natural sounds and coming up with sounds, I I don't I don't go the route where I, I come up with the sound on the spot where I'm miking up different sounds in the house or or I don't have a drum or I'm getting you know original snare sounds or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I do like those sounds when I come across them. Cause I'm just like most producers, man. I'm gonna get my sounds off of somebody's drum kit. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna find them online somewhere. That's just how the things go these days, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna definitely pick out certain sounds, like I said, that sound natural. You know what I'm saying? I might um, pick out something from high tech. I know high tech uses a lot of uh, natural sounds. I've seen footage of dude, you know what I mean? Getting real drum samples. He got his yeah. own drum set and everything. So. Man, high tech man. He got. Shout out to high tech. He produced one of the, one of them songs I love with Dion. I mm. came home late. You were not there. <laughs> That's a classic, man. Uh, yeah, him and Dion had a couple of classics. Oh you know man, they're they a bunch team. of them. Shit, eighteen. So as a saxophone, what kind of alto? Uh, uh, alto sax, man. But you know, you can get experience or. Excuse me. You can, you know, cross and go from an alto to a, a baritone, a, a mm -hmm. soprano sax. They're essentially the uh, the same. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the difference is going to be how you hold the instrument, of course. But, you know, if you know one 
a set of keys and, and how to work the keys on the alto sax, man. You actually can, you know, go from a, a different range of woodwind instruments, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. just saxophones. So. As a kid, I used to think the saxophone was just like the coolest instrument. And it is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I used to play the saxophone as well, the alto okay. Okay. that you mentioned it. Um, I played probably like seven years. There you go. And um, I just felt like I, since I can't sing, I felt like the saxophone was kind of like an extension of my voice. Mm-hmm. Kind of because you could hit them high notes. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just thought Kenny G, and, uh, <laughs> okay. a bunch of. Shit, Gregory Hines, a bunch of different dudes. I thought that was pretty dope when I hear him play the saxophone. Indeed. So when uh, when I think about like you know using original sounds and actual instruments, I think it goes a long way um, along with the feeling and producing mm-hmm. um, like a fuller sound. Right. You know, because a lot of times. Uh, like when we using these samples or these choppier instruments and like I said, the producer peers, you know, they, they usually record in live instrumentation, have actual uh, musicians come in and play it and it kind of gives it a different swing. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, but like you said, hip hop, we use what we got to get what we want out of there, man. So I, I remember, you know, we've had this conversation before, you know what I'm saying, why don't you tap in a little bit, you know, going back to the sounds and you know the original sounds versus um i guess you know i guess non-original sounds and you were saying something how the older songs in the 60s and 70s you know them using those original instruments it also came with a different feeling different feeling different vibe yeah um and just a whole different frequency that that the music was on you know what i'm saying then maybe that's one of the reasons why we still sample that kind of shit to this day you know what i'm saying oh yeah it's it's i say there's a golden era of you know the 70s of certain them bass lines they just hit differently mm-hmm. um then the bass lines nowadays uh, because more things is 808 driven um more bass drum driven but it's, it's something about that feeling of one of them funky bass lines that that sets your sounds apart and it has the beat with a different swing now, it definitely resonates you know what i'm saying especially with a dude like me uh you know what i'm saying my upbringing and stuff like that you know, we in the house listening to all kinds of Miles Davis, mm. you know what I'm saying? All the way to the Parliament, all the way to, you know, gospel music, man. We had a lot of Fred Hammond playing in the house. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everything, everything, you know what I mean, kind of connects, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, it resonates with a dude like me. Let's get into this, though, man, because we were talking about high tech, man. We brought up high tech and yeah. Dion. And, you know, like I said, you them two are a team, bro. You know what I'm saying? When they get together, I've heard a few tracks, but I mean, it's it's a different kind of vibe when they get together, man. So what's your take on finding a team versus, you know, not finding a team? It's hard out here for a lot of producers and just business people in general, uh, you know, how to get go about getting their vision uh, to fruition and whatnot and finding a team to help that become, you know what I'm saying, to help yeah. that be. Yeah, I mean, well, I think... As a producer, you looking to craft your sound and having an artist to do it with um, helps it go a long way. Like, you know, if you think about any of our favorite producers, you know, they, they kind of make they nomer by crafting a sound for an artist. Yeah. Um, if you look at Snoop and Dre, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mini Fresh and the Hot Boys, or uh, 
we could go on so on and so forth. Genuine in Timberland, Missy in Timberland, right. and, and certain artists that you work with. So it's I think as a producer, it's always important to find you an artist that you could create your sound with, and kind of get some of those ideals you have, um, and bring them to life with an artist that could also see your vision. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think um, having a team as far as crafting the sound is important. Yeah. When you crafting the sound and you trying to make a sound that's gonna be a stamp or be your postcard to be like, yeah, that's that's that P funk sound, mm-hmm. you know. Um, building it with a team is, you know, I think that's essential because if you just sending your sound to a bunch of different people, you know, nobody's able to hone in on the sound and and to where you become known for it instead of the artist becoming more known for it. It's, you know, the producers be able to be known for their sound that they bring and that they help create. What's a question for you? Do you know any uh, producers mm-hmm. that you think they created the best sound or what's the best artist-producer duo to you? This is a tough one, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's one I think about often, you know what I'm saying? Because I like teamwork in general, like, you know, like we were talking about hooping earlier, the All-Star game. I, I used to hoop, man. So, I like the the Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. I like the LeBron and Wade. I, I like that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, I always think about certain um, ways to incorporate that in what I do over here in music, man. It's, as far as getting a team. Now, who do I think got the best team working, you know, in hip-hop, man? I'll give you a couple. I, I, you know, you already stated Dre and Snoop, man, they some legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Little Brother, man. You little Brother and Knife was, Wonder? They was doing some clean shit back in the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and we, I got another one for you. Uh, I'm going to Gangstar. Gangstar? Huh? You huh? keeping the hip-hop to the core, huh? That's mostly, yeah, man. Come on, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, man. So that's what I'm going with. Who you okay. got? Who, who, you, who you like out here, man? Uh, you got anything new? Anything like... Newer, I'm gonna say Gucci and uh, Zaytoven. Oh, shit, yeah, and Z- that's some legendary shit as well. Jeezy uh, and Shorty Red. Uh, I mean, like if you if you those are the updated, like you know, people who seen what Snoop and Dre did and yep. what that means to the culture of a producer crafting the sound. And those are some people who you could look at. Where Zaytoven, you know, he 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 honed in and helped create Gucci sound. Um, Shuddy Red helped create Jeezy Sound. Um, I just think there's there's other producers that we're leaving out as well that ain't coming to the top of the mind, but those are some of those that stick out the most in what I would say, like this trap music era or this trap era. So, <clears throat> Shuddy Red, man, people don't, don't realize what he did for that Jeezy Sound. Yeah. That was pretty big. Now, you're right. That, that was slept on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was. And I, I, would, I would like to see a lot more of that, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, moving forward, I want to see a little more teamwork as far as the producers and the artists go. You know what I mean? Maybe get another um, another gang star kind of compilation where you got... Um, a matter of fact, that reminds me. I got to throw a... You know, we talking about gang star. I'm going to say Royce the 5'9 and, um, and DJ Premier, the prime. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, so, DJ I mean, Primo, man. See some more of that here in the future. Primo, man, he always surprised me because you be thinking like, you know, you think all his shit gonna be sounding the same or 
Like it's gonna have that same element, but Primo always come with some heat. Nah, he's he's an evolutionist. All right. You know what I was I was listening to. Uh, I checked out Snoop. He he was playing a Primo mix that uh, he did with uh, Ladies of Rage. You. It was a primo mix. It was it was him and Rage? You said? Yeah, he he did some stuff for Ladies of Rage. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's it was some classic shit. That's interesting, man. Blending the East and the West Coast. I wish we would have got more of that, man. Yeah. Like I would have loved to hear Tupac on a. You know what I'm saying like a, a primo. primo. <laughs> yeah, or some Pete Rock or something. You know what I'm man, saying? Man, I'm gonna tell you something that I didn't know for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Primo was from Houston. Because he had that sound, man. <laughs> like, you know, when you think of Houston, a lot of times you think of, like, uh, the the DJ Screw sound. Or mm -hmm. I'm going to even say um, who they have there, too, that Scarface. was doing. Yeah, I, a I lot of Scarface, Scarface and, and Ghetto Boys. Ghetto right? Boys stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know Primo was from Houston, man. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't learn that till later years. And it yeah. was something that was exciting to me to see especially having my roots down in houston oh, yeah that's that's interesting you know because him and ninth wonder both from the south man but you listen to the sound you can hear the east coast hip-hop influence yeah. you know what i'm saying and it's real heavy they're almost perfected it to, to oh yeah without question you say ninth wonder <coughs> i know ninth wonder is one of your favorite producers yeah, indeed yeah so let me ask you again. I mean, you know, this is one of them segments. What you listening to? Yeah. Um, what you listening to? What's in the deck for you right now? What you? What was you listening to in the car on the ride over here? Um, what I've been on, man. Uh, Mixtapes, bro. To be honest with you, right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to really think. When I'm not listening to R and B, I've been on a, a real R and B kind of vibe lately, but. You know, when it comes to hip hop, bro, I've been on mixtapes, man. I was listening to the old soul tapes. Mm. Fab? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Fab. You know, we're what's, talking about rappers. Your, he a top five rapper for me. He, what's your favorite soul tape? What number? Soul tape one got the most memories. You know what I'm saying? And you could pick and choose. The sound is there on each one of them. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. soul tape one got the memories attached to them. I was doing. Well, you know, I was out. I was out here, man. I was, you know, and I, I was the soul tape one came out, and it's like a soundtrack to you know, what I mean, to certain things and certain, you know, the time period. I'm gonna go with soul tape one. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? What about you? What you into these days, man? Tell me some old school. You old school? Oh man, shit. I mean, I always keep my old school in rotation. I was listening to, um, shit, some Curtis Mayfield. Uh, Really, because like like I told you early off off of air about like the songwriting, uh, I look to him as like one of those great songwriters that uh, he was always able to tell kind of what was going on. He was like the soundtrack to what was going on at the times, and uh, I was listening to the Silvers too because, like I said, I'd be sample surfing. I'd be looking listening to a lot of older music. Um, but something new that I was listening to, uh, that D Smoke. D Smoke. That's uh, right. Yeah, Black just Habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just played a little bit of that. Uh, that, that. I mean, I like the album because I like themed albums to where you able to follow the story, man. Mm -hmm. Like, when you able to follow a person's story and understand how they grew up and by them be able to 
uh, translate that through the music, I think that's dope, man, when people are able to tell real stories. I mean, because, you know, there's so much music about just whatever nowadays. Yeah. So I, I think it's up. creative. Yeah, I think it's creative when you're able to tell your story in a creative way. Um, I think that's real dope. And um, another album I've been listening to is that game-related, man. Uh, it's a Cardo. Cardo produced all the beats on there, but it's yeah. uh, Larry June and and Payroll Giovanni. They be they be spitting that game, but the beats. <laughs> if you go here, it's it's jazz heavy samples, yeah. nice 808s. Um, I, I like Cardo, man. Cardo's one of my favorite producers, man. I I like what he's doing, um, just as far as his creativity of being able to uh, dig in on some of them samples and update it with those newer drums. Right on. Man, shout out to the rappers that are still giving out game in their raps, man. Y'all are a bunch appreciated. Yes, Let's keep that going in 2020, man. Uh, let me ask you this, man, because we kind of kind of touched on this just a second ago, man. Mm -hmm. Albums versus mixtapes, man. Albums versus mixtapes, man. And I bring this up because I'm a mixtape dude. You know what I'm saying? I've had a lot of artists where I haven't fell in love with them through their mixtapes. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I fell out of love when the albums dropped, but the albums don't usually hit the same man maybe maybe they're a little more filtered you know um, what i'm saying a little less raw something about the album game i like the mixtapes more you know what i'm saying you think there's a difference or you have a preference on the two well think? nowadays I, I don't think there's much a difference like with people mm -hmm. who change the mixtape game um as far as like kendrick and j cole and drake and putting out original production that's what changed the mixtape tape game is putting out original production uh, on these mixtapes you know it used to be just rapping over other people's beats and murdering other people's beats yeah. like if you go back to like when Dipset and 50 Cent and G-Unit and they was killing the mixtape shit before uh, mixtape Wheezy yeah. okay, 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 okay. you know I mean that I mean that that was an era that I was heavy in the mixtapes you know with DJ Greenland uh, mm -hmm. who DJ K Slade, DJ Envy, drama, yeah, mm -hmm. like all these, all these different mixtape series. But once um, artists like Kendrick and J Cole and you know the leaders of the new school, those those type of guys, once they start putting out mixtapes with original production, it kind of shaded the lines uh, between an album and a mixtape. You know, because people still uh, home like. So far gone as a as Drake's first album. Some people look at Section 80 as an album. Mm -hmm. um, some people look at the Come Up as J Cole's first album, and those had original production. So I just think um, right now it's it's kind of kind of blurred. I don't I don't think it even even matters just how people consume music by mm -hmm. streaming music. So it's it's just however people get the music. Don't matter. You call it a mixtape, EP, uh, LP, whatever you call it. I mean, you know the hip hop peers. They gonna they gonna try to figure out the difference between them. But mm -hmm. I think they all kind of fall in the same category nowadays. What you think? True. I will say this. I think one of the main differences, and and this is kind of you know like you were saying, it's kind of becoming blurred as time goes. That line is being blurred, but. Um, 
the samples are you know traditionally going to be more acceptable to release on mixtapes and that might be one of the reasons yeah. why somebody like me who i just love it's uh, harder to clear the sample yeah you know what i mean so me typically i'm looking for something soulful and that's the samples you know and that's like yeah. i know fabulous for example a lot of the stuff that he had um on the soul tapes that we were just speaking on man that's a lot of that stuff was released on the mixtapes because because of the samples mm-hmm. you know what i mean a couple of uh, joe button man joe button po- mixtapes <laughs> let's get ready to say the podcast you associate yeah. the podcast with button but he has some mixtapes man then a couple of them man they still hit you know what i mean but that that's my thing that's my take on it man mixtapes versus the album yeah i mean you know that and that that goes into the business side of it about yeah. getting samples cleared and and going about that yeah. um how, how do you feel about that have you ever came across any situations about getting samples cleared just yet not not with anybody major man i haven't had nobody come knocking on my door asking for my my money nothing like that but i've had mm-hmm. obviously you know you work with certain artists they don't want to have that issue and they don't want to uh you know release an album gotta take certain songs off because they can't get one or two songs cleared i've had certain artists you know ask me if i can take certain samples out can i redo a sample to where it's legal and you know so on and so forth man so i mean that's as far as it's gone for me man no you know you? one thing uh well i i had that problem of getting some samples cleared um yeah. i mean you know it's, i think it, it's it's a door that all producers may come to at some point in time mm-hmm. um and it's just about how you have your business and really the artists too that you're working with and their ability to want to get the sample cleared or you know or not i think a lot of people uh focus on sample based music nowadays to where like you said people want to just put out mixtapes and let people consume the music for free and uh so they can not have to worry about the artistic value being diminished by not being able to clear a sample um there's a lot of there's a lot of shit like i don't know if you heard about like that tory lane's uh chicks tapes or what was the one he just did where he had some uh, sampling issues on there well he spent he said he spent a lot of money getting samples cleared mm. like on his chicks tapes he took a lot of he takes a lot of like 90s r&b or 2000s 2000s r&b i should say not even 90s but he he flips the sample and he said he spent a lot of money getting it clear well all right so my thing on that is when you're sampling things if i'm sampling anything from you know 2000 on I, i won't even say you know the 90s i'll just say from 2000 on if I'm sampling anything, I, I know I'm going to have certain issues because a lot of people making that made those songs are still active. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or they're still they're still out here working. They're still looking for checks. You know what I'm saying? It would make more sense to, again, like sample something that, you know, what I mean, it's kind of tucked away. You know, what I mean, that nobody's really paying attention to or unless you're, you know, your, your chopping or game is he really maker, nice. you, you uh, how you feel about he maker? He, he been making a lot of. A lot of hits and yeah. been flipping a lot of samples from like 2000. And yeah, he, he he's one of the guys who've been doing like a lot of Chris Brown, a lot of Jeremiah, a lot of a lot of the remakes of the songs that you hear nowadays. Yeah, he um, make a he been uh making a lot of noise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's nice. Like I said, man, 
not not to knock the sound because the sound is always going to be there, man. But the same with Tory Lanez and the Chicks tapes, and the sound is a one. Now speaking legally, I don't know how uh, you know he's going about doing it. Now if he got some type of smooth connection, man, shout out to him. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of us out here, you might run into some issues if you sampling something. Like I saw on um, Jeezy's newest record, right? He had the sample of uh, the Pretty Ricky sample. Yeah, and then that song is just go. I went to look for it the other day. That song is gone. It, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if it was some sampling issues or whatnot, but so let's let's touch on what are some ways you can disguise the sample, or what some ways that work for you to where you are able to um, disguise the sample beyond recognition. You gotta be on your chopping game, man. <laughs> chopping game gotta be a one. That's yeah. what it's about. Um, you know, you could re- redo the pitch, and, and you know, and, and do all that stuff. And, but if you really want to make it to where it's unrecognizable, you gotta have the chopping game nice. Like DJ Premier was a, a a great when it came to chopping up something, and you be like, man, where did he get, where did you even find that? Or Jay Dilla, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Dilla. That's where you want to be. I mean, but if you could, like I said, if you can find a way to where you can sample something, like. Um, like them boys that did the Hey Lover with LL Cool J, man. They, they sampled a Michael Jackson record, man, off a of Thriller. So they yeah. had the clearance for it. They had whatever it takes to get it done, and that's a, that's a hit record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's got to be either one. Either you know how to get these songs across no matter what, or, you know, you got to be ready to sacrifice something. You know what I mean? Either the sound has to change. You got to chop it up more. You know what I mean? But do you you got like a certain technique for that, or do you even look at that, man? What do you think, man? Uh, like I said, I I, I dig deep, yeah. Because one thing I don't uh, want to have happen is to sacrifice my artistic value by, you know, having to rechop the sample or not being able to use the sample. So I like I like I I do some dig digging, do some research, man. And just, I look, sometimes I just chop some stuff for fun. A lot of times I'll chop a sample or chop something popular um, for fun, just to, you know, just for the artistic value to put out. Um, But a lot of times I I go deep and deep, 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 deep digging and be looking for samples from older artists, different countries, different, different places. Some people that have different copyright laws. Um, that you can, you know, have sample f- um, or what would they call it? Royalty-free mm. samples, you know. So that, that's that's another thing is to look into royalty-free samples. There's uh, services like Splice. Uh, what's the other one? Arcade, where you're able to get royalty-free samples. Some of the older samples. I'm pretty sure they got a... I remember that it was a site, Crate Diggers, um, that where you used to be able to buy different sample packs and had a licensing to some of the older songs. They need to come out with a like a producer's line wire. <laughs> you know I mean, what you know, I, that's what I think they're kind of doing with Splice and mm-hmm. uh, what's this arcade? Like because you could chop your samples and into their program. And I think they be saving them and sharing them with everybody. Yeah, that, because okay. Okay, that's interesting. I think they do it unbeknownst to all the producers, but I think it's a shared system because that's how they update every day. They got new sounds on there every day, and it would only be smart to say, hey, 
if you chop your sample with our program that we get to share your shit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, shoot, well, let's get into this, man. Well, you're talking about having a pool of producers that got their sounds and you can pick and choose. Well, have you ever reached out to other producers, man, and, hey, send me this melody, man. Send me a, a hook or a melody or something I can work with. I'm going to put together some drums or whatever I'm good at. I'm going to put something together, man. You ever found that to be a good method for you, man? You um, yeah, some, some, sometimes it works depending on what producers. I mean, there's some producers depending, you know, some producers is very secretive. They don't like to share sounds and like to, they don't want nobody to know what drums they're using and they don't want people to know what packs or whatever. I mean, but if, if, if you got a cool guy who's not, you know, scared, um, that's what I got to basically say. A lot of producers be scared to. STD, scared to death. Yeah, they, they don't want to share their sound or they, they feel like, you know, their sound is, they don't, they created their niche. You get what I'm saying? There's, there's only, I'll say a select few with niches. But with unlimited creativity, um, kind of like one of them producers we was talking about earlier that we know who kind of blocked me. I think he was kind of scared to share some sounds. Okay. And, and uh, you know, people be intimidated when they see your creativity uh, flood out different ways. You know, I embrace it. You know, I love working with different producers and, um, you know, because I, I feel like I could learn from any producer, even if you just start. I mean, you know, you might, a lot of people hear music and see music differently. And it's always something you could pick up from somebody that can, that you could add to your repertoire or, you know, mm-hmm. to where it can enhance your sound. How do you feel about sharing sounds with different producers and collaborating with other producers? Uh, I'm the same, man. I welcome it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that I do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I, I happen to be a dude, I, I like to get into a zone, and I'm usually just tapped in. I got my headphones in, and it's just me. But you know, yeah, I was welcome. I welcome that. You know what I mean? Let's get let's get a team. You look at a lot of the stuff that we like. You mentioned the '70s, man. They had a whole band in the room. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They got the drummer, they got the the bass, they got the flute, whatever else you want. Even uh, you listen to an orchestra or a jazz band. It's always a, a group, a collection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I think we're, as people, again, this is, this goes across the board, not just in music, but in, in business, whatever we're doing, man, things are always going to be stronger when you got um, a team. I can. More than, more than one, more than, more than two. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely agree with that. I mean, music, you know, like we were saying off of the air, is I, I feel like it's that feeling. Um it's that pure universal feeling that you're doing something right. It just, it just sits right. You know, who's um, who's a producer you feel like uh, a producer collaboration that you may have heard that you thought was pretty dope. A producer collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a hard question because I don't know of a whole lot. But I mm-hmm. guess the the top I'd have to go with would be the Magna Carta, like. That was a, what Swiss Beats and and Timberland. I want you know what I'm saying. I think both of those ended up, both of those guys ended up making that whole album together, and that was interesting to hear because you can you know like I say you could hear the Swiss Beats. You could hear where he interjected. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying. You could hear where Timberland had his parts, and that's that's one of the more interesting things because I 
came up listening to both producers and gotten to know each each of their sounds. Yeah. And hearing them together, man, that was one of the more interesting collaborations. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? You yeah. got any? Uh, Those were uh, two of my favorite producers. I mean, I, I like to see um, different collaborations. I'm thinking of some of my favorite might have been. Uh, I don't know if people would really know these producers. But, Try me. I mean, well, uh, you know, Hit Boy and Chasing yeah, yeah. Cash. Okay. When they they used to be in a group together, called the Surf Club. Those are two producers. Um, Hit Boy to have he he worked on um, some of that. Uh, well, I mean, he's most known for the niggas in Paris beat. Mm -hmm. um, Hit Boy, like when he collaborates with different producers, like he he collaborated with Kanye on that niggas with Paris beat. So I say yeah. probably like Hit Boy and Kanye, they they got yeah. some dope shit together. And Kanye's got a lot of uh, yeah, he he collaborates with yeah. a lot of producers. Yeah, he's one of those dudes that I think he understands the you know like the, how the creative process goes. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying and. And you can see he always starts with having a team around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his last album had, you know what I mean, sounds from everywhere. And he got to be the create, you know, be in his creative zone and have everybody else around him to help put that vision together too. So I think he's one of those dudes that that operates on that level, man. Let's get some people together and, and make this sound work. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. And so uh, let's get into this real quick, man. Um, one of the things that people have a issue with, and, um, you know, this could be for rappers as well, you know what I'm saying, or anybody trying to make it in the music game. Producers, though, you know what I mean? You have a, a, an idea, you know what I mean, a certain preference on how one should go about being local or non-local, you know what I'm saying? Like, should you be trying to get on with the dude that's popping in your city, or, you know what I mean? Or should I be trying to get on with, you know, whole oh, Jay, you know what I mean, J. Cole, Kendrick, you know what I mean? What's your take on it? Uh, I think you should uh, act locally, but think globally. Act locally and think globally. Yeah, being, yeah, act locally, yeah. think globally. Being that you're working with artists where you at, like I said, getting with an artist that's somewhere near you to where you could create and craft your sound and, and continue to build your sound and work on your craft, but still have aspirations to be sending out um, music to those major artists and yeah. worldly artists because just i mean with the internet you know the world is connected you never know what you can achieve by sending out some different beats you know so i think it's it's a mixture of both yeah. you know be doing the footwork locally but uh be having the mindset to network globally you know because you could work with somebody over in africa you know afro beats is pretty big right now you might be able to connect with one of the big Afrobeat artists right now and that changed your whole situation you know to where your music is uh heard globally with the internet with the internet we got the ability to connect with people like never before so i think that's a major opportunity um even like with twitter how artists be putting out their emails and uh sending out you know they looking for beats or they looking for different ways to connect with different producers so I think that's uh, one thing to always remember is, you know, act locally, but think globally. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That sounds like a, a 
it's, that sound like a new quote I'm gonna have to roll with. You know <laughs> Go ahead, put that on that Twitter, man. Yeah. Tweet that. If you see that on, uh, on your timeline <laughs> for me, man, just uh, man. know where that came from. Yes, sir. And I like that, man. I like that. Now, what about diversifying just to stay afloat, man? What would you say to the producer out here? He's like, man, I'm, I, I've been making beats. I just sent out a few. I made a couple dollars here and there, but I got to eat. I got to, you know what I mean? I got to put bread on the table for whoever. I got kids, all that, man. And what am I thinking about putting together a drum pack or, you know what I mean, or anything, man? What's your idea on diversifying to stay afloat? Man, I, I just really think, excuse me, about, I think it's about really knowing your market. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're able to make money from just selling packs, you know, like I said, with the internet, there's so many different ways for people to turn this into a business and you can make a living from uh, where you at. You know, if you're able to sell your sounds um, right now, you know, you can make money from just selling your sounds or licensing your music. Um, there's different ways to license in the music. And I think people, producers, a lot of times sleep on licensing their music um, in different ways to commercials, to uh, movies, to many different things. Sorry about that. Sorry. There's many different ways to license the music. But uh, people just got, as an entrepreneur, you know, uh, that creeps into being a producer. But as a producer, you got to look at different ways to have multiple streams of income because a lot of times, you know, a lot of us do this for free starting off and just honing on in on the craft, but making money is something we all aspire to do with this. So it's just looking at different ways you could get your music out there and capitalize off of your talents. Mm-hmm. So from selling beat packs, making your own beat packs, from maybe even selling samples and licensing samples, creating your own samples. Yeah. Um, different different ways you're saying basically. yeah it's, it's different ways you could you could come up with ways to make money man so i think it's endless opportunities for those who see the opportunity but you know there's a lot of producers who just complain that they ain't getting placements or they ain't selling beats or yeah. you know and it's just you know if you ain't selling beats or you ain't getting placements i think you just gotta Stay down with it and stay hungry, man. You never know when your opportunity is going to come, but you always want to be looking for that opportunity to create that opportunity for yourself. Like having your beats ready, um, having the maybe the tempo in your title with your beats when you're sending them out. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of artists just want to pull up beats when you send them to them, and the engineer might need to know that tempo. So that's different ways to just, you know, what they say, be ready so you ain't got to get ready. That's right. Packaging. You know what I'm saying? Make sure your shit is packaged right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's easy to get into. My thing is, because, uh, you know, you hear a lot of different, I guess, advice from people. You mm-hmm. might hear somebody say something like, stay in your lane. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Or stay down until you come up. Or, you know what I mean? Be focused on what you're doing. Don't stray. And I think a lot of people take that kind of stuff to heart when trying to consider, well, I've been doing this here for, you know, a year, maybe two, and I'm not seeing the money that I want or maybe the 
the results I want, I'm gonna go ahead and start diversifying what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. that's that's kind of why I wanted to get that, you know, get get that out there. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of people might have that idea, and I know somebody like you. The reason why I ask you is because I know you have a you have a real entrepreneurial spirit, man. Yeah. A lot of y'all don't know Vo, and so he's one he's one dude I know that that isn't scared to. Uh, step outside of even just music, man. You know what I mean. You you have a uh, a good way of finding what's whatever's moving out here and tapping into it. Yeah. Um, with that being said, to anybody coming in, you do want to have a certain amount of focus. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I guess just take this advice with some grain of salt. But you want to have some kind of focus. You you know you might get sucked into something that you have no business. Like for me, for example, I was out here just trying to you know make anything happen anything happen so my boy called me up said i got a a whole promotion company we got going on <laughs> you know what i'm saying so hey. and so i'm thinking like all right that's something i can you know jump into right away and get something popping mm -hmm. but you want to get to the point where you're so focused on what you're doing and invested to where it's like that kind of stuff doesn't even get your attention you know what i'm saying and you're able to discern but at the same time I mean, you know, so I I just think even with that, you know, something could have came from that. If you if you look at creative ways to implement your music into any situation, because you gotta realize there's music in almost everything we do, mm -hmm. even from down to the marketing and the promotion of mm -hmm. how you guys are promoting the parties. Yeah, if you were able to market your music through, say, a flyer video or something, and put sure. your music behind some of the events. Yeah. That's another way of you getting out there. So I, I, right. I just think yeah. as a creative, you always got to be staying creative. That's you know, point, look at man. ways to different ways to stay creative because just as a producer, you never know when your opportunity is going to come. And sometimes you could create your opportunities by making it, you know, by um, a lot of a lot of the promotional videos that I put out or put out. It's my music behind it. Mm. Anything anything you see involving me is usually my music behind it. If it's from a flyer to a video to a commercial to anything usually dealing with me, I see it as an opportunity to put my music out there because music is so much more than just rap and hip-hop. and I mean, just, you know, the music industry. Like, we consume music. <laughs> we consume music in many different forms and fashions, and a lot of times people don't even realize it. Like, you know, you're going to hear, you turn on the commercial, you're going to hear the background music or you're going to hear a jingle yeah. of some sort. And all that needs music. That's a good way to look at it, yeah. Mm-hmm. more creative, the better. Yeah. I dig. So I, I think we're getting on to the segment of can you recognize that sample? Are you ready for that sipping? Let's go. Give Let's me one get second. it, people. What you got for me? All right, all right. <coughs> we'll get into this uh, this old classic Wiz Khalifa shit, man. Mm -hmm. uh, the name of this track is called Phone Numbers. I'm gonna just get into it. Listen to the track, bitch. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I recognize this sample from uh, 
But I know the song Okay And I don't think I ever knew the artist But uh, That's We are the champions uh, You know Cause it was in the Dipset I was a Dipset fan And, and the Heat Makers How they did that Yeah uh, With Cameron And I, So I recognized that sample But uh, I don't I don't I'm, I'm still don't know who sings that Who's the artist I'm about to fuck you up right now I'm about to I'm about to put you on some real game Ready Mm-hmm. Queen. I never knew that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A legendary rock group, man. I never knew who sung it, but I know the song. Yeah, I used to always hear that sample. I would have never guessed that was a, a rock and roll sample mm-hmm. that they were using. So I wanted to play that because that's, that's fucking interesting how they broke that down. You yeah, I, I, I done heard that if you go to that uh, <coughs> that Diplomats. Yeah. You know, the Heat Makers, they was heavy in the sample game. Yeah. And uh, man, how how they flip some of them samples? You like, man, I still ain't heard nobody. I mean, that that was I don't know who who produced that one for Wiz Khalifa. Do you know who produced that? I don't know <clears throat> the top. No, I don't. Uh, I know it came off of the uh, the Cabin Fever mixtape. I remember that mixtape. Yeah. I don't Let's remember see. the producer. Who? But uh, Drummer Boy. Oh, okay, uh, drummer boy. Oh yeah, listen yeah. to this sound, bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Boy. Yeah, drummer boy, he's nice. That we was... didn't, we name dropped name dropped a lot of goats on this on this mm-hmm. episode, man. Shout out to drummer boy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Well, we getting ready to wrap up episode number two. Damn, yeah, we on number two, pig. And we done did it, huh? We out here, man. Tune in, check us out. Yeah, yeah, in a major way. Peace.